Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Let's not forget the fact we had a federal election on Monday. Uh, it was sort of wiped right off the map yesterday in our province, at least. But uh, when we were talking about the federal election in the lead up during the campaign, we had a number of guests on and we kept saying, how come nobody's talking about monetary policy or fiscal policy or paying down the debt? It's all just spend, spend, spend right across the board. You know, you name it. Child care, pharma care, didn't matter. Yeah, the money's there. We're going to spend the money. We're going to spend the money. Um, our national debt is over a trillion and a half dollars. There's a lot of bills coming due. So let's have a discussion about where we are and what that's going to look like when those bills do come due and all this money that we're planning to spend um, starts to add up. We'll chat with Bill Robson, now, who's the chief executive officer of the C.D. Howe Institute. Bill, thank you for joining us. Appreciate your time this morning. My pleasure. Let's get on to talking about the money. <laughs> it, it really was kind of interesting to watch this campaign because not one party really was talking about fiscal restraint in any way, shape, or form. All three were on board with massive amounts of spending. That I hadn't seen that before. No, I don't remember anything like it. I think partly what's happened in Canada, we get so many of our cues in terms of headlines and the popular mood from the United States. And in the United States... Uh, any sense of fiscal responsibility is kind of out the window. Uh, and and the Fed, their central bank, is buying uh, so much government debt that I think a lot of people have bought into this idea that you can somehow get the central bank to keep buying debt. Mm-hmm. And, and it's basically free money for as far ahead as, as you can see. And when I looked at the uh, promises that were being made, and the you've referred to so many of them already, kind of uh, you know doubling down on everything, I realized... Uh, people are are thinking as though what happened last year, you know, party as though it's 2020, uh, as though that could go on forever, uh, and and overlooking the fact that over time you're going to pay about a dollar for every dollar the government spends in programs, and that's not a matter of ideology; it's just math. Yeah, let's break that apart a little bit because because right now when you're talking about borrowing all of this money, it's not a bad time to be borrowing the money. Given this, like this day, this moment in time, right now, in terms of borrowing money, things look pretty good, right? Oh yeah, I I don't have a problem with what governments did at the onset of the pandemic. I think it was a good idea to um, uh, both cushion the the blow, uh, de- delay collecting some taxes, maybe forgive some taxes in the long run. That's how it's going to work out. Provide a lot of those uh, transfer payments. Uh, and I also don't have a problem with the fact that central banks uh, cranked out a lot of cash because the world was suddenly very short of cash. Sure. And one of the things we look for central banks to do is to provide it. Um, but the, w- what happened as a result, if you look at the federal budget, uh, and and, and I, I went through this exercise, and I was thinking, I wonder how this does look uh, over time. And the federal government has some investment income, so we don't resent that at tax time. It flows in from places, including the Bank of Canada. Uh, they also, as we all know, pay interest on debt. They also have these unfunded pensions that over time they're having to pay down. So those are programs that most of us don't get to enjoy. So I said, what do you, if you take the investment income out of the revenue and you take the uh, 
debt servicing costs and the pension stuff out of uh, out of spending. Uh, how does it work out over time? And the answer is, not surprisingly, it's about a dollar. Uh, uh, you know, it goes up and down over time, uh, but usually it's about a dollar, and it always goes back towards a dollar. Well, in last fiscal year, it was down to fifty cents. That's never happened before, hmm. and now people seem to be thinking, "Hey, at fifty cent dollars, you know, what can't we do?" <laughs> well, it doesn't last. So what's the timeline we're looking at where this 50 cent, uh, you know, what we have to pay for what we get in terms of a program? When does that change and get back to the more typical range of a dollar? Well, it already is changing. I mean, last year's 50 cents, that's not something that you can sustain over time unless you want to turn yourself into, you know, Zimbabwe or someplace with with hyperinflation. Uh, In the current fiscal year, the parliamentary budget office before the election put out some projections. So I looked at those. And I thought, well, we're getting close to 75 cents uh, this fiscal year. No one's really noticed it yet. Uh, and then I looked at their projections going a few years out. And sure enough, it went to 97 cents. I looked at the uh, conservative platform. I looked at the liberal platform. And it's all within a few cents. So pretty soon, we are going to be paying a dollar in tax, give or take a few cents, a nickel maybe at the most, uh, for every dollar we receive in programs. And at that point, I think people are going to be thinking very differently about all these promises that sounded so good. Uh, what's the ramifications of that? I think it's pretty obvious, but obviously, I mean, these programs have to be funded somehow. So can we expect more in the way of taxes or a reduction in programs? That's really the only two options, the only two levers you can pull. Well, I think that some tax hikes are definitely a threat. I would not like to see it. I don't think that the economy is going to do well with higher taxes. But again, there's this populist mood, so uh, you, you certainly can't rule it out. But even with some tax hikes, uh, one of the things I was thinking as I looked at these promises was it doesn't matter whether you're talking about a public program like pharmacare or long-term care or daycare, uh, or whether you're looking at some of the things that affect businesses like some of the subsidies for research or subsidies for carbon capture and on and on and on. I mean, the list you were commenting on the way in is a very long oh, list. Oh, yeah. All, all of these things are long-term. If I'm a business person and I'm thinking about making a big investment right now and, and, and the government is offering me all this money, logically, I'm going to be thinking, seriously, how long is that going to go on? And as a practical matter, if you're in that situation, I would not count on the money lasting more than two or three years because the public mood's going to change radically when we have to start covering 100 cents on the dollar. So we could be back into a position where Canadians are actually talking about monetary policy and fiscal policy and how we're going to manage our debt? Well, I think it's going to come to it sooner or later. I hope it doesn't come to it because there's a sudden increase in interest rates. Uh, I'll just mention again, though, in the United States, they're in a, a very peculiar mood down there. And of course... They weigh a lot more than we do when it comes to how much they borrow and the size of their economy. And if things start to go uh, in the wrong direction there, we'll, we'll get hit, uh, we'll get sideswiped by that. Um, it'd be better if we kind of proactively said, hey, we've exposed ourselves to a lot of risk here, including the risk that we're just going to not be able to sustain these programs. I think it will be a mixture. I don't think that Canadians are inherently irresponsible. In our personal finances, we're not irresponsible that way. So I think it's a mood that'll, that'll pass uh, as I, as I said, the thing that concerns me is that we might get a bit of a jolt that uh, moves us out of it in a more painful way than we could otherwise manage. All right. We'll watch and see how it goes. But I think uh, a lot of people were watching from the sidelines and going, boy, that's a tremendous amount of money you're talking about spending. And sooner or later, we're going to have to reckon with it. So uh, thanks for the insight, Bill. I appreciate it. We are.
Thank you. Okay, that's Bill Robson, who is the Chief Executive Officer of the C.D. Howe Institute. And uh, yeah, we were talking about it during the campaign, and uh, it was a very different campaign in terms of the fact that there wasn't, you know, the Tories uh, did say we will return to balanced budgets in 10 years. That was the plan. That's what they were talking about doing. But they were talking about spending a truckload of money between now and then, just like the rest of the parties.